it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in to SEC Football and Beyond for this Friday. June 11th, we are just moseying through the summer, and good to have Neil McCready back. And Neil, you know, Neil has been busy all week and traveling, and you know, for the sport of college football that we speak probably eh, more about than anything, it is SEC football and beyond, and we talk college football probably more than anything else, and mix in a lot of stuff. For a sport that moves at a glacier pace... We are going into uh, speedboat mode, and a guy that can tell you a little bit about speedboat mode is he's been traveling the byways and highways. Good to have him back, Neil McCready. Good morning, sir. Good Lots morning. going on. There is a lot going on. I will say that uh, I've I've had I've had many many trips where it was a white knuckle trip holding a wheel, um, <laughs> coming back from Fayetteville in an absolute uh, downpour was. Uh, Oh wow! Something else, man. It, what 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 uh, what route do you take? Because obviously, for me, with all the byways and highways in this country, and some well, of them, you, good, where, where do you go? So you take forty nine okay. south out of out of Fayetteville till you get to I forty, and you hop on I forty, and you take it through Little Rock, and used to go to Memphis and down, but now there's a bridge issue. the The bridge that crosses from Tennessee into Arkansas in Memphis is is out, or I'm not sure what the deal is, but you hear horror stories about that bridge. Oh, I did hear about Yeah, I saw that on the news so, that they were having so, some problems. Yeah. So okay. we go through Brinkley. We go through the Delta. And so in the Mississippi Delta, those are two-lane roads, and there was so much flooding on the water, on the roads. It was, it was uh, I've never, ever been happier to uh, see Oxford in my life. It was, uh, it was, it poured. It, poured. It's, it has rained here, and I'm sure it has there too. It has rained here every day for about four days. Ole Miss finished their regional on uh, on Monday. They got it in. It's a good thing because I don't think they would have been able to finish it had they not played it on Monday. It rained. Be done. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be still trying to figure it out, huh? Yeah. I, 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 it'd be over by now. Um, well, I don't want to. I, I, sorry you went through the rain. Oh, it's okay. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you one time, though. Kind of hard to have sympathy because I'll tell you one time. I don't want to play Can You Top This, but you know I can with all my years traveling. I, I'll tell one time on the air the trip, the particular trip I've made many through Montana on the way to Pullman, Washington. Uh, in this particular case, the most eventful one I've ever made with a snowstorm going all the way to make sure that I got in time to see Drew Bledsoe play in the game and the Apple Cup game the next day. Uh, in a snowstorm, in a mid-sized rent- rental car, <laughs> where the flashing signs on the road says, if your tires are not equipped with chains, you're in grave danger. That was the the uh, the, the electronic sign that was on. Well, guess whose rental car did not have one? I was going to say, you probably did not have one. And, and being a Louisiana boy, you probably were not uh, the most well, – most equipped well, driving in the snow. No, and of course, you know, I lived in Cleveland. Uh, I've traveled around the country. I've traveled in snow. I've traveled through deer mating season from Ann Arbor to South Bend, which people who know that part of the country will know what that's like. That's a that's a white knuckler if you're driving at night and you don't see the deer coming out and they just flash you and you see the eyes and whew, I dodge another one and yeah, there's a lot of things you see. But anyway, I don't want to bore folks with that. But my neck still hurts from 
from that scrunching down on the wheel. I think that's one of the reasons. I blame it on football and leading with the head a little bit too much at times, but I think it was really the trip that particular year, gripping onto the steering wheel so tight and um you know that was that was a that was a story for the ages. But the big story, we talked about it, we have talked about it yeah. for a while. Um that it's going to happen. It is intriguing because I kind of thought that next week, uh, I think it's next week that, that they're they're meeting in Chicago. I thought we'd have some kind of a dropping of some official wording. Nothing's official, but it's if it's everything but official. But it kind of dropped and it came out and people are talking. I talked to people yesterday and last night. We're going to get into it a lot, folks. And, of course, join us in the chat room. Your thoughts. Neil, we're, we thought 12-team playoff. Um, we're going to get into why there is not like it, don't like I mean, you can like it, don't like it. We'll get into some of this and some of the the interesting things and the byplays that are going to result of this 12-team playoff are kind of interesting, some of which, you know, I thought about some of which I didn't, but I've thought about a lot in the last 24 hours. That's going to be interesting. And then some of the re- – because I know there's going to be a lot of questions. And, again, me, bring them me, to us. Let me interrupt yeah, for a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you take it. So there's a lot of things. Hold on. When you say yeah. buy plays, what do you what do you mean? Well, we're, we're going to get into that. I mean, some okay. of the things like you're going to have southern teams that might be playing in South Bend in December weather, you know, things like that. Um and but we're going to get into to, to some of the reasonings of why they did certain things and whether you agree with them or not. Um, but the neutral sites games and, and how, you know, potent the other thing will be. And again, we'll get into it. You know how if you're following a team and they make a big run, are you going to be able to afford to go to potentially, potentially four neutral site games? I mean, I mean, not, how, how many people are going to be able to afford just to go? I don't know, to Houston and Miami and then Atlanta and then where, you know. Sure. You know, so I, but we're going to get into why they're doing it um, and, and kind of some of the intriguing things. But, Neil, uh, I, I see the floor to you, your thoughts, and, and, and then we'll go back and forth, and I want to get into some of those things and even kind of take you back what it would have looked like this past year with this current system. So. Well, you know, I talked to Lane Kiffin about this last night a little bit. I said, you know, you've you've been in the playoff when you were the offensive coordinator at Alabama when it was a four-team playoff. You've been in it, I guess, every year he was there. And now you're at a school where you probably would, like, if, if there had been a 12-game playoff going back a few years, Ole Miss would have made it once, maybe twice, but once for sure. Um, you know, what, what were your thoughts on it? And he, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but – you know, he was like, I, I generally like it. Uh, there's some issues with it, obviously. There's no there's no perfect answer. He said he he, he was never a, a huge fan of four because it was so subjective. And, you know, he talked about the NCAA basketball tournament. What would it be like if you only took the ones? You know, it would have changed uh, – would, would, would change history a little bit. Look, I, I'm, I've always been for eight, Chris. Um, I've always thought – that there was a simple way to fix a lot of these problems. As you know, from doing this show with me for a while, I'm a real common sense guy. Um, you know, people said, well, you know, what do we do about, you have five leagues. Okay. Well then take five champs, take five champs, take three wild cards. Have a, I've always thought, and I think I'll be proven correct here. I've always thought that a, and I'm talking about money and TV right now. I'm not really talking about the football itself. I've always thought that a New Year's Day of four national quarterfinal games would be so freaking good for college. Heaven. Heaven. Where you could play one. You'd start with the one in Miami, and then you'd play the one in Dallas or New Orleans or whatever. Then you'd play the one in Phoenix, and then you'd play the one in Pasadena. You'd have these – you'd have this day full of football from 11 a.m. until midnight that would be – heaven for college football fans it would expand the sport you know people people don't watch bowl games now that unless you know you you and the ratings sort of bear this out right you you know like i used the outback bowl as an example yesterday Ole Miss played indiana in the outback bowl 
Um, you know, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you watch the Outback Bowl. If you're an Indiana fan, you watch the Outback Bowl. If you were betting on the game, you watch the Outback Bowl. But if you, if you were just a casual fan, yeah, I don't know how much you really watched it or you really dialed into it, maybe because of Kiffin or, or whatever. But for the most part, no. And, you know, you people have on in the background in sports bars and stuff. But the, the, the reason that people watch the NFL so much in the playoffs is because every game's meaningful. People bet the games, et cetera, et cetera. Well, a similar format in college football is a good thing. I think you can argue, like Brandon says here, does it water down the regular season? It changes the regular season. Does it water down some games? Sure. Does it make other games which wouldn't have had meaning have meaning? Yes. I mean, you know, the, the race for the 10th spot, the 11th spot, the 12th spot, those in the past, those are not interesting. You know, a game between, I don't know, I can't even think of an example. But let's say you have a Big Ten team that's 10-1 and one versus a Big Ten team that's 9-2. and two. Well, now it's meaningful for both of those teams. Both of them are playing for playoff spots. And, and now the race for the four, the four buys is, is huge. So, you know, is it conceivable that the Alabama-Auburn game at the end of the season could get, quote, watered down a little bit? Sure. I mean, let's say Alabama's, you know, 11-0 and and Auburn's 10-1 and and they play each other at Jordan-Hare and Auburn wins the game. Is it a death knell for Alabama? Of course not. They're going to the playoffs. They might play each other again. Does that water down the game to some degree? I, I, I guess. But you're still going to have these rivalry games at the end of the year that have all the emotion in them and all of those things. And now you're putting seeding in and there's a realistic chance that you get a classic, and then you get a rematch of that classic a month later. So, I don't know. I'm I'm generally for it, Chris. I'm I'm <coughs> I, I didn't think I would be for twelve, and the more I kind of read about what twelve would look like, and the more I play with scenarios in my head, I think you know what? That's not a bad idea. Here's the one thing I don't like: is if you're a one through four seed. You kind, your fans, and you referenced this, Chris, and you're exactly right. It was an astute observation on your part. Your fans get screwed. If you're the five seed, you host a playoff game on campus. What? Well, so it's a huge deal. Like you mentioned, let's say it's fifth seeded Notre Dame against. That's, that's exactly what it was. Just to interrupt. Last year, Notre Dame was fifth. They would have hosted Coastal Carolina. So let's say you have fifth-seeded Notre Dame, and I was going to say 12th-seeded LSU, an LSU team that goes 9-3, and three, okay? And, and they're the 12th seed. That's, that's one of the biggest games in South Bend in a long time. A playoff game in South Bend, it's cool for everybody. The problem you've got with if, – if you want to do the, the big national holiday, the quarterfinals, you've got to do it at bowl sites probably. I guess you could do it on home fields. I mean, I, I think you could. The bowls would absolutely lose their, you know what, the m- moment you propose that. But so let's say you're, and let's use Alabama because they've been in this deal every year for the past 20 years, it seems. Is it, quote, fair? And I don't know if that's the right word. But is it right to ask Alabama fans, hey, go to, like you said, Miami for the quarterfinal game? And then you win. Now go to Dallas for the national semifinal game, and you win. Now go to uh, the Phoenix area mm-hmm. for the national championship game. Take these three big trips and I don't know, what, a 21-day, 25-day period. I think that's a lot to ask when you also said, hey, by the way, go to Atlanta for the SEC title game. <laughs> that's right. That's, it's, that's it, the one. And, hey, at the beginning of the season, by the way, go to Atlanta or, or, or where, Dallas or wherever for the big kickoff classic game that you're in every year that's a made-for-TV deal. And now, and I waited to say TV until the very end. That's what this is about. Make no mistake. TV is anteing up. They're paying more and more and more, and they're saying, in return for what we're paying, we own your ass, and you're going to do this the way we want you to do it. That's why the the, the college football playoff people who are so emphatically anti-expansion all these last few years flipped in a heartbeat because the TV people said, if you want the money. Yeah. And, and everybody's, you know, everybody's always wanting money, but when you're coming off COVID year and the effects of that, 
I mean, the panic for money is, yeah. you know, is it's, yep. it's taken to a different level. Let's yep. kind of address a couple of things. Um, first of all, let's stay there. Why not have the top four seeds host a game? Very simple. You've alluded to it. It's money. Because the site, not only the TV, because TV could do just as well doing an Alabama game in Tuscaloosa. It's the other money. It's the money you get from Jerry Jones's Jerry World and Houston, Atlanta. Now you got competing sites that's going to want it. So it is, folks, it is always all about money. I mentioned it on Tuesday's show that back when you had one game on on TV in college football, and I remember those days, it was because of money because they thought it was going to hurt the gate. Then they realized it was... It, it only created interest. You had more, and then you had TV. and you, So now it's about TV's driving this. I think, I talked to some folks, what do you think is, so ESPN pays about, I'm going to have the, I'm, I'm, I may be a little bit off on them, I think it's $468 million. So that's going to be a billion-dollar deal, I'm guessing. And I'm curious to see, because the ESPN has the playoff rights, and they have the right uh, the right of first refusal, or they have first option on keeping it, but will they bring in some competition of another network to drive the price up? So basically, let's use the figure. It's probably going to be worth a billion dollars for this package, but if they bring in another competition, it might be a billion one, a billion two. That's the one thing. Secondly, um, the that, that's the issue with the quarter. Why is it not eight? A lot of people like that. Make sense, as you mentioned, and those things you mentioned make sense for that. Kind of the same thing, and here's what I was told. Right now, they look at it, and, and again, you got to get all these people to agree on it. All the conference commissioners and everybody. I'm going to get into Notre Dame in a second, and in their thoughts and why. But they to get everybody to agree, their thinking was is, you know, SEC, for example, they like it to 12. E e even though they didn't really want this, if they're going to do it, they didn't want to potentially lose at large spots. They feel like the non-conference champion strength is going to be from the SEC, maybe as many as three or four or five teams that are at least are contenders as a playoff team. They didn't want to lose at large spots. If you go to eight, if you're if you go to eight with the idea that you're just going to pick the eight best, that's fine. The reason why we're going to twelve instead of eight is that everyone to get everyone to agree, the Pac-12, the G5, everybody is you. They needed a, a guaranteed spot at the table with their champion. Well, if you give guaranteed spots, you've given up five. Then if you're going to get a guaranteed spot. To the group of five, that's six. You only got two at-large spots. Well, the SEC doesn't want that. Maybe one of their teams get left out, out of the mix, because you got to throw enough. So they wanted to keep this keeps the four at-large possibilities, so they're in the mix. And okay, it gives the automatic the bid, you know, satisfy them. Uh, that's that's why. And you know, and I think it's important for everybody to understand why. You don't have to like it. Yeah, but I would. Yeah, but that's that's why um, I think that's interesting. It also, um, Chris, not to interrupt, but I'll tell you no, what, what else it does. People say, well, it waters down the regular season. Okay. Yeah, it, it, okay, sure. Here's what else it does, though. Because the networks, and I know this, I've talked to people at the league office, I've talked to people in the TV side, I know you have too. You know, those games where Auburn pra plays Presbyterian, the SEC Network hates those damn games. Everyone hates those games. CBS hates those. That weekend where Auburn plays Presbyterian and Alabama plays Coastal Central Michigan and Ole Miss plays Mississippi Valley and Mississippi State plays Kent State. They hate that weekend, and they have to show those games. They want that weekend to go away. They want more games, obviously, where Alabama plays Miami, Auburn plays Oklahoma. Those are the games they want. They want more of those games, and this – incentivizes, frankly, more of those games early in the season in future years 
because a loss in September doesn't kill you, especially if it's to a really good team. And now the TV people get more marketable programming early in the year before the conference schedules kick in. I think that's a possibility, but I'm going to give you a scenario that we're going to have to work through from a football side. Where, And I'm going to jump right into it. The amount of games that you're now going to have to play and the importance of how you coordinate your scheduling to where you maybe have an open date later in the season or you potentially continue with those Sisters of the Poor games late where you, um, you know, I'll tell my buddy Nick Saban this, but he'll get offended, but where you sit a lot of your starters. Let me explain. You could play as many as 17 games if you don't get a bye. And, and, and you, 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 you know, 16, 17 is, it's a lot, a lot for college kids. So, the, and I, I want to tie this into Notre Dame and what Notre Dame's situation is. It's, it's going to be a little bit weird in this regard. So, let's create a scenario. Let's put kind of Notre Dame in Alabama spot. Let's say Notre Dame in a future year, looks like, let's say there's a year they beat like a top five USC team, uh, I don't know, maybe they beat a Clemson or an Oklahoma. Uh, they, they go 12-0, and 0, they look clearly like the best team in the country. Let's just go with me. They can't be ranked higher than fifth. They may be, they may be ranked number one. They can't be any higher than a fifth seed. That's going to look weird to folks. Let me explain why they went along with it. Is this whole derivative from a competitive standpoint was about buys. If you're in a conference, conference, and if you're in a conference, specifically in a conference championship game, you've got to play that extra game. If you don't play in a conference championship game, you essentially, it's not a buy, you just, it works like a buy. You don't have a game to play. So from a competitive standpoint, they're saying Notre Dame, if you're not, if you've got great team, but you don't have to play in a conference championship game, that's essentially a buy. You then, if you're a top four seed, it's another buy, you get a double buy. That's a significant advantage at the end of the year to get healthy and, and all of that. And it's, if you think of it from a conference standpoint, so let's just take the SEC. Obviously, you want to make your conference championship game. Obviously, you want to, because you can't win the conference championship unless you get in the game. So you, but if, if you don't get in the game because maybe you stumbled early in the year, but you're really good, you may look like the best team in the league, the hottest team in the league down the stretch, it, it, it still is going to prevent you from getting a top four seed because you don't win the conference championship. And the theory is it should because you shouldn't be given an advantage and to to not make it to your conference championship game and win it and then get a bye. So you need to be a conference champion to win it. And that's what they did with this process, which is going to be a little bit interesting. Now, all the ink is not dry. Could they work a scenario to mitigate what I just talked about? Notre Dame is a unique situation. Are they sending a message to, oh, we'd re- you'd really help this whole process, which I know they are, really help this whole process if you went into a conference, Notre Dame. Notre Dame has to decide that, and it's not a punishment, but it, it, it people have come on and said, well, Notre Dame got screwed. Well, Okay, yeah, if they have that team that looks like one of the four best, yeah, I get that. But, again, they don't have to play a conference championship. So you get a bye in a – you either you either get a bye in the – in the uh, you know, in the being the top four seed, or you get a bye by not playing the conference, but you can't have both. That's the reasoning behind that. And Notre Dame seems – oh, they would love to have their cake and eat it too, but – they're okay with it. I, I checked with them last night because of what I just mentioned. They get it. 
I don't know that everybody else is getting it because we're getting a lot of Notre Dame is getting screwed talk. Do you think this is going to push them any closer to joining the ACC? I don't know. I don't know. I think that that is a possibility, but Notre Dame still holds some leverage. Could they do like a Texas type deal? You know, like Texas gets a little bit more out of their TV deal than the rest of the Big 12. I don't know if people know that. Texas has their own ESPN deal. Oklahoma has their own deal with Fox. With their, I think if Notre Dame could do something and share into the ACC television revenue, but then keep some of their own specific Notre Dame revenue. I mean, like, and I think they're willing to do it. They shared some of their NBC revenue with the ACC last year. Um, I think it's possible. Look, anything's possible. Hell, Neil, last year at this time, I wouldn't have told you that we'd be talking. We started last June, so maybe if if in August when we did this, I don't. If you'd have told me, uh, Chris, you you you, you think we'd you'd be talking about a twelve team playoff uh, a year from now or less than a year from now? I'd say, hell no, no, that's not ha-, you know. So yeah, I could see that, but I think it has to. There's a lot more to it behind the scenes that I think Notre Dame would want to keep from an individualistic standpoint. But yeah, I think it certainly it certainly would put tip it a little bit more in the, the, the stage of they may move in a conference. So I think that's going to be interesting. Let's kind of tell folks what it would have looked like this past year. And we got, I know we got some questions and comments. So this past year, Alabama would have been a one seed, Clemson two, Ohio State three, and Oklahoma four. Notre Dame at the fifth seed would have hosted 12-seed Carolina with a winner going on to play Oklahoma in whatever neutral site. Texas A&M, the sixth seed, would have hosted 11 Indiana with the winner going on to play Ohio State. Number seven, Florida, would have hosted number 10, Iowa State, with the winner playing Clemson. And just for fun, I mean, we always talk about this, but I don't know. I don't know. I have to look back. I don't know if Florida's ever gone anywhere. They've never gone anywhere outside of... Heck, they don't go outside of the state unless it's in the conference. But going up north, um, unless they get Kentucky at the right time of year, that's that's it. I mean, our Tennessee, it's just uh, – well, in Tennessee's earlier. But, but Florida would have hosted Iowa State. But imagine Florida going to Madison or South Bend or Ames. Imagine Florida going to December. Ames. It would be the biggest game in, in the history of, of Iowa State. <clears throat> oh, it would have been well, – yeah. But, but in this case, they would have hosted them with the winner playing Clemson. And then Cincinnati – Cincinnati would have hosted Georgia. Huge. With the winner going to play Alabama. Um so that's that's real real interesting to see how that would uh would play. Now let me let me say this too. So people are gonna say, well, all right, now it gives the group of five a chance. Look, um yes, it gives them a seat at the table. And yes, I think like in college basketball, we could see a Cincinnati. Heck, Cincinnati could have, they played with Georgia and could have won the game. Now, is a team that's outside right now of the top four in that 5 to 12, are they going to be able to win not just one game, but like three games? No. I mean, it's not going to change it, but... They have a chance, right? So no one can say, well, they didn't have a chance. They've got a chance. That's the first thing. For the comment about the regular season will be watered down. As you mentioned, I think well said. Let's take the NFL model. If you're week 17 in the NFL and we got an extra week, if you wrapped up home field advantage, you got guys sitting out, and the big game is going to be the – you know, Cincinnati-Denver game with teams that are still trying to make the playoffs, you know, and not Kansas City-Pittsburgh when when one is locked up the one seed and one is locked up the two seed and they can't advance. Now, that's why they've made the the end of the, the, uh, the season more division games so that you can maybe lose your seed if you don't play. But we could see that in college football a little bit more uh, over time, organically perhaps. The big game, Georgia Clemson, the loser, still has got a good chance to make the playoffs this year. Georgia Clemson in a 12-team playoff, they're both in. That game 
is just for seating. It's for national. It, it's that's what you know. That's so. Yes, it takes those type of games at the top of the food chain and make them less critical. Sure. The kick six game you alluded Alabama Auburn. Both those teams make it into the playoffs that year. On top of it being uh, one of the crazy wildest finishes that we'll all remember, it, it, it eliminated a team in a playoff field. So it will water that down. What it will do, as I've said before, is it will take the teams that are still alive in the playoffs. So maybe it takes an Ole Miss against a Kentucky, um, where both might have really good years and both might have two losses. And that game becomes Bigger importance because that's a chance to perhaps be in a position to be one of the twelve. Well, I, give, take- I give you an example. It's not that we're not that far removed from a season where, if I recall correctly, Mississippi State was ten and one when they came to Oxford to end the season, yep. and, and Ole Miss was the Egg Bowl could have a bigger meaning on top of that. Yeah. Ole Miss was either eight and three or nine and two, and Ole Miss beat them, and they both went to the Access Bowl games or whatnot. But in that scenario, that the Egg Bowl's even bigger. So you mean yes? Look, is there a, like the kick six game? Would it have had? Now that same finish would have still been celebrated the the way that it was. Some of us would have said, "Hey, we might get to see this again," you know, which would have been fun. But you do take other games like like a potential an egg bowl, for example, where the odds are it's the odds are overwhelming. I hope Ole Miss and Mississippi State fans don't get offended by this, but the odds are overwhelming that that those two teams are never going to meet at eleven and zero each. Correct. But there have been years not that far from now. So I would absolutely argue that it is certainly possible that you could have a year where one of those teams is a one-loss team and one of those teams is a two-loss team heading into the the, the Egg Bowl because I've watched it happen. I've seen it happen. So it can absolutely happen. And if that happened, that game gets even bigger because now it's it's got all sorts of playoff ramifications. It, 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 you know, because it – that year, it didn't have championship ramifications because Alabama had already clinched the SEC, um, the SEC West, I should say. In this case, it would absolutely have championship ramifications because it would have playoff ramifications, which would make that game even bigger. And if you're CBS, you'd, 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 you'd say, yes, ESPN, yeah, we, we, we're going to market this game even more than we normally do. You would absolutely have those kind of games. I'll give you an example, Chris, of a game that comes to mind immediately that – annually would now probably be even bigger. LSU, Texas A&M, almost on an annual basis, that game now, which frequently has no SEC championship ramifications because Alabama's already clinched the thing, that game most years would have some sort of playoff ramification. It It would make that game a bigger game. There's no question about it. Um, So, there's no question now that it brings a dynamic. Now, look, I would say that, okay, let's take Ole Miss, Mississippi State for for fans of those teams. They now have it opens up that you know my talk about there's there's a very few teams that can win it. Well, that still changed. That still is the case. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, probably not good enough to be able to put two, three, four wins together against really elite teams and win the championship, but. They might have a chance to get in the playoffs. And so if you got a chance, you got a chance. And and then maybe they pull an upset. Sure. Well, that was maybe, Lane, that maybe, was Lane Kiffin's point yesterday about he was using okay. basketball as the example. And it's yeah. it's a good point. You know, you make the basketball tournament as a four seed. Okay, well now once you're in the tournament, the seeds don't matter anymore. And so at some point, you got someone's got to beat you. But if you limited the bat, his point was, and it's a good one. If you limited the basketball tournament to just top seeds, remember a few years ago when Auburn went on that big run and went should have probably should have played for the national title? Right. Auburn was not a one seed. That was a team that got hot late. Correct. I'll give you an example, Chris, talking about Ole Miss. There was an Ole Miss team that I covered. In fact, it was the first team that I covered, 2008 Ole Miss. One of those weird teams, Houston Nuts' first team. They were really talented. They were mentally kind of weird, especially early. They lost to Vanderbilt, went down to Florida, beat Tim Tebow in Florida, turned around, lost to South Carolina, went to Tuscaloosa and lost barely. And then, Chris, they didn't lose again. They went on a roll, won the rest of the season. Now, would they have 
would that team have qualified for a playoff? I don't know, but that's not really my point. My point is, let's say a team like that loses a couple early and then from October on gets hot as a firecracker. Well, that team makes the playoffs. You don't want any part of that team. And so those a team like that wins one game in a playoff. Then you win a second game in a playoff, and lo and behold, you're right there. And that would happen more than it does now. And here's the truth. If you're a fan of Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State or whatever, you're like, ah, whatever, we're just going to keep winning anyway. But this does allow teams, like you talk about Iowa State, you don't think Iowa State would get jacked up for that Florida game in Gainesville, do you? Oh, my goodness. I mean, have mercy. You know, that game, I mean, that would be yeah. to watch television. And if you're talking about growing the sport and there's more parity in the sport and there's transfer portal and all this stuff, if you can start telling a recruit out there at Iowa State, because now when you tell a kid at Iowa State, hey, we, we can make the playoff, the four-team playoff, eh, you know, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a you're right. Yes. I mean, you, that's unbeaten. Got to go unbeaten this year. No exceptions. Yeah. And but now you, you now, better you better hope that that somebody in the Pac-12 don't go unbeaten. That because yeah. if USC goes unbeaten, you're gonna be you're gonna be ranked fifth. But now Matt Campbell can look kids in the eye and go, we we make the playoffs here. Not only that, we can make the playoffs every year. Look at how many seasons we finished in the top twelve. Yeah, no question about it. And that. it's a game, Chris. It's a game changer for programs like that. And, and no, no doubt about it. And I think it'd be game changers potentially for G five schools. So maybe <laughs> if you're Cincinnati, and let's just take a kid um, in the Cincinnati area, and they are not getting the offers from Ohio State, and that's where they want to go. Uh, they might look at Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Purdue, Indiana. But if Cincinnati can be a regular and go to the playoffs, um, you know, you could stay at home in Cincinnati, play on a big stage, maybe play a good game, you know, uh, a year, and, and the conference gets a little bit, the conference is pretty good to begin with, gets even better, you know, maybe you, and I'm just using Cincinnati as an example, but, yeah. you know, you might do that. Central UCF. Florida, same thing, yeah. Yeah, UCF, Absolutely. same thing. Yeah. Yep. A couple of things I want to address here. Um, got a lot of good thoughts and comments. And I did mention, and Grind says something, only one or two teams a year would be able to really sit starters. Grind, I think you may have misunderstood me. You're talking about sitting in conference championship. Of course no one's going to sit players in conference championship games. What I'm saying is if you're a team that you're playing a Sisters of the Poor game in November, you could sit them most or all of the game, or and you might be more willing to do that now because – you're not going to lose that game. It's just maybe you don't win it 68 to 17. You win it, you know, 42 to 21, whatever. It's not going to affect anything other than you're going to monitor or limit some of your practice work and some of, maybe even some of your game work because of the fact that you're going to be playing 16, maybe 17 games, depending on if you get a bye or not. It's not going to – you're not going to sit games – you're not going to sit people in a conference game. You're not going to do – you wouldn't sit people against a Vanderbilt if Vanderbilt's bad or whatever because you don't want to possibly lose your standing. So that maybe is a little bit of, of a um, – of a maybe misunderstanding what I said, that it's the – because Neil was saying maybe you won't schedule those cream puff games late. I know the TV doesn't want them. But maybe you do. Maybe now that continues because that is a quasi-open date. So if you're playing UMass, I mean, don't tell me that. You may, you may play the starting quarterback, but don't tell me you're not going to rotate some guys, particularly when you know that you're going to be playing an extra game. You've got – it's about snaps. and You're probably going to reduce some snaps on certain guys – to try to prepare for the fact that you got to get there, you know. Now, you know, they may not say that publicly. I'm just telling you, it's how you do it. Jeffrey has a, a good question. He says, do you think that the NCAA wants playoff expansion to start helping small schools with finances that the Democrats want to happen in the congressional name image likeness bill? I don't think it's that exactly tied together, but obviously that that's a topic of, of huge conversation. It was talked about in Congress this week. Um, a lot of different states 
either have passed or are in the process of passing um, NIL legislation. I know in my state it's already passed. It goes into effect on July the 1st. The NCAA would love to have uniformity on name, image, likeness legislation. They're, they don't appear close to that right now. There's a congressional committee that has essentially stalled. They just can't get on the same page. Um, and that's not a Democratic thing or Republican thing. It's just it's a very complicated topic. There is talk about revenue sharing, the, the schools that make a ton of money helping out um, the, the schools that don't with, with different things, including um, health care, extended health care, uh, things of that nature. There's there's a lot of stuff, <laughs> frankly, frankly, what's happened, Chris. And I think some of this is the pandemic, did it? But for the longest time, college football and college athletics in general just kicked this stuff down the road. Oh, they did. Kicked the can and they kicked the can and they kicked the can. And I think what's happened is that the damn road has hit a wall. It is. It's a big time wall. And you went down a one way and then the one way is the big corner wall in one of those old time cities. And like, oh, bleep, we can't go anymore. Um, and so I, I agree. I, I think it's about all about money, Jeffrey. By the way, I listened to two and a half hours on C-SPAN of this stuff. My God, who we let elect to Congress got to be some of the dumbest SOBs I've ever heard of in my life. And it's I try to stay out of politics because it gives me a headache. But when I want to sit and I'm like, so tell me about like, oh, my God, you moron. I mean, no wonder why we can't. Just can't get anything oh, done. It's so bureaucratic, God. and it just stalls. Yeah, Every- but they're not even in—not inf- even the least bit informed. It was like, it's like they, I mean, I don't even know if any of them are aware. <laughs> well, our best- I mean, one guy, the New Mexico guy, he leads up his whole thing was, "Hey, we're starting our, uh, we're having the 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 NCAA track is starting today, and we've got some athletes." From North New Mexico competing, we want to wish them all well and bring home the goal. I'm like, you got this guy, you got this guy asking questions of folks, and you got to be sitting there thinking, holy crap. Yeah, it's, it's, we're, we're no longer electing uh, our best and brightest, too. No, 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 we're not. No, we're not. I mean, it's, it's scary, folks. Really, you know. Um, a couple of things. Uh, Grind thinks it makes the regular season more exciting. Well, it will make it will bring in more games that have more meaning to get in. Just as I said. Yes, yeah, sure. It's also going to bring the the two four loss Pac twelve South teams. It may bring a UCLA Colorado game that both have a chance to win the South. And if you got a chance to win the South. You can maybe upset the team in the north, uh, and that game is now more meaningful than before it would ever. The other thing we have some mentions about bowl games. We know the bowl games have just they've they've just they've collapsed, and this makes the and I think it was LSU talk had something a little bit early about what what, what does to the bowl games and all that. Um, uh, how do you the the bowl, what it is is the neutral sites the other bowl games that they do that are not teams that are not involved in the 12. I don't know what's going to happen to them. Uh, no, I mean, the same thing that's happened now. They're they like, they're play, like, just, Chris, they play them. And then they're, they're, it's, yeah, yeah. They're, they, they're, I mean, they're, they're going to be half empty stadiums, but it's, it's, it's going to be, I would think it makes them, if anything, a little less appealing if that's possible, but it's, they're still going to be there. You're still going to have, some form of a holiday bowl or something, and I'm and I'm going to be I'm going to watch it, but it's not going to have that. Here's the thing, right? So the person who watches the December 29th holiday bowl between seven and five BYU and six and six Utah State. I'm just making up names. Please don't everybody go. That's not possible, Neil. There's no tie-in. Just whatever. The people that watch that game, they're still going to watch that game. It's yeah. still on. It's December the 29th. What else the hell are you going to do, right? I mean, no, if, that's right. but now what you'll do with those games, if you're the TV people, <clears throat> you'll use those games as platforms to promote the big national quarterfinal day that's coming up on New Year's Day. That's that's the, all that's going to be the the Poulan Weed Eater 
Beefo Brady Bowl in Shreveport or whatever is still going to be played. It's going to be at 3 o'clock on December the 28th or whatever between 7 and 5 Wake Forest and 6 and 6 Kansas. And people are going to watch who normally watched. They're still going to watch. It's going to be football. The people who like football are going to watch it. They might take a nap while they watch it. They might have an extra beer while they watch it. They might go light their grill and work on the brisket while they watch it. I don't know, but they're going to show it. And TV wants it for, as Jeffrey says, TV wants it for they can promote. It's gambling. It's all that stuff. People are in bowl pools and all that stuff. But now you will absolutely in the postseason. Here's the part that is undeniable. You go from having three meaningful postseason games to a lot more. And 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 every conference championship game is however you want to classify it. It's a neutral site. It's a not a bowl game. That's a playoff game. It's yes. a play into the playoff game. Yes. So you take more playoff games and you take all of the conference championship games. The Pac-12 game, again, as I said Tuesday, maybe me and three other people watch it now. Uh, it, people are going to watch it. Yeah, because now the winner some, win. Somebody's going into the playoffs. Yes. And that, that makes that game bigger. And uh, <laughs> Jeffrey says all the gamblers are going to watch any football game. And, yeah, I think that's probably true. A lot of, a lot of people are going to watch it. Yeah, it's my point. Uh, the, 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 those, all those meaning, meaningless bowl games are yeah. still be meaningless. And ain't gonna, it ain't like, oh, my goodness, we're going to hurt the, the holiday bowl, the pool, and we need a bowl. That's already been hurt, already been done. So whatever it is, it is. And it's just – it's not – I mean, right, Chris, the, the, the guy that watches 7-5 and five East Carolina versus 6-6 six and six Bowling Green and whatever they call the bowl game in Mobile, I, I, that guy's still going to watch. I, I, I am. I, I will, and I'm watching it for different reasons and all that, but I, I do sure. like it, and, and I think it's it's important. Um, but it's like, you know, that, that game gets played on, what, January the, the, the 2nd at, at, at 8 o'clock at night, so it's the day after all the – I mean, so from the TV standpoint, TV people will go, okay, this is much easier to program this game now because, yeah, we'll talk about East Carolina and we'll talk about Kent State, but what we'll really talk about is the now we've got these national semifinals that have been determined based on the games yesterday, and we'll talk about those throughout the night while we're That's talking. exactly right. It's, it's the whole – that's the whole why do, why do networks spend so much money on sports is because sports – it, they don't make a lot of money on that, but it helps them promote the next thing. So if you're on sure. CBS, you can promote uh, what's the show CSI my mom used to watch or whatever NCIS or where you, you know those. That's where they make the money. It's like you know let's promote the network in you know, because all those people. That's exactly right, and it's program issues. It's wanting programs, and ESPN owns owns most of the bowl games basically. By having them, I'd like to see those "quote unquote" meaningless games, if you want to call it that, earlier to kind of wet the whistle and to kind of promote you know, and talk about. But if they want to put them on the second, a couple of things here. Um, Grind says, "Chris, I've always thought the Notre Dame would be a better fit in the Big Ten due to geography and natural rivalries. Why did they uh, choose the ACC?" Well, this is an old story. But back in the day, and I'm talking a long time ago, um, like Newt Rockney, Notre Dame wanted to go into the Big Ten. The Big Ten didn't want them. And um, there's been a lot of political grudging. I know you think, you kidding me? Going back to the 30s and 40s, and it's led to that. Yeah, it's been a lot of that. Not just that, but it is... Later on, the the kind of the animosity. I mean, they Notre Dame's played Michigan. Notre Dame's played Michigan State. I mean, uh, you, you've seen them play Big Ten teams, but the whole Notre Dame Big Ten, you didn't want us. With, it's kind of like um, why does Notre Dame play Navy every year and not Army? Well, the story of that is back in the day when things got really bad, Notre Dame couldn't afford to to. To, to support a team. And the Navy stepped in and helped them. And so that's been the reward forever that they will always play Navy unless Navy doesn't want. And, you know, they, so, and of course, the Navy's been good under Ken. But even when they were bad, it was we're going to always support that and always be loyal to that. And anyway, that's the story about Notre Dame and the Big Ten. Of course, it's a perfect geographical fit. 
none of these none of these fits. I mean, we know Missouri doesn't fit in the SEC geographically. It's done for a different reason, and, uh, and there are a lot of politics and TV market share. That's what drives it. You guys know that. But yeah, Notre Dame would be a better fit in the Big Ten geographically. Um, but the the political part of it, and, and the Big Ten is up in this and all that. I think the ACC has been more willing to kind of say, look, now let me just say this. Notre Dame plays Big Ten hockey. It's kind of weird. Notre Dame plays Big Ten hockey, ACC, everything else, except football and they're independent. And, you know, just it's just politically, it just kind of, the, the powers that be just fit. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, people say, well, BYU would be a good fit in the Pac-12 instead of Utah. Well, the problem is the president at BYU and the president at Cal, that makes for, uh, like, uh, weird conversations <laughs> in meeting rooms. The Mormon guy and the big liberal guy. Now, don't get me wrong. The University of Utah is, 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 is probably just as much Mormon people but the BYU church and the Mormon mission and the that politically it just wouldn't because it, it would have made more sense to probably say hey put BYU and Utah in yeah it makes sense if you're looking at it but when you go behind the curtains and see the politics eh, those people don't uh, as they say they don't jihaw very well <laughs> we uh we haven't talked about LSU baseball we'll do that in just a second there's a little bit of drama there that involves uh, other other schools in the SEC first I want to tell you we're brought to you by Blue Sky Blue Sky believes in being fast fresh and friendly through the thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience from services to products Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all. And at Blue Sky, they want to show their customers they care about them and their shopping experience. They always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. And we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties. Alpha is located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It's your trailer-specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it at Alpha because they're the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail, which is the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailer being built today. They also have Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. Alpha can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built to your specifications. Uh, get in touch with them at 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. Hey, real quick before you go to the LSU baseball, you know who really is going to uh, not not get screwed in this? That, that's a wrong way. But you know who's, who's really going to – the loser of a conference championship game – that's good enough to make the playoffs. So you lose your conference championship game in the SEC. You have to play that game. Now you're not going to get a top four seed. So you don't get a bye. And then you talk about going the long path. You're having to do it. And if you were to make that run, you're playing 17 games. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, you, you, uh, Folks, you want to make your conference championship game because that's the only chance you have to win it. So people say, well, right, nobody, I'm not going to beat Alabama. I don't want to go in. Yeah, you do. You all you want to do. I'm just saying when it's over and you lost, you just, you're going and you affect your seating. You may have to go on the road. You may have to go to a cold weather site. You got to win that one. And then you got to go back and play somebody that ill. Can win. It's, it's, I would it's argue that you'd be better off <laughs> last season. You'd be better off being one loss A&M. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no, from a national seed. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I think that's it. And that's why the SEC, again, to go what we talked about at the top, is the SEC's, yeah, we're for that. Because now we probably got both, assuming that the assuming sometimes you get a, a, you have gotten a team in, say, the East that hasn't been really good. But pretty much now, the East, the the rep, the two teams playing in the SEC championship game are going to be in, and now it's about how good is the third team? They got a really good shot. 
Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, look, the SEC could get four or five teams into a 12-team playoff. Uh, it, 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 it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think it opens up the door. It gives an opportunity. Michigan can't get past Ohio State. Uh, Penn State is, you know, no one could crack Ohio State. If you're good enough and you only blemish is Ohio State, you know, got to play the other Penn State. Win that, you're in pretty good position. They're in as good a position as, you know, getting that second team in. Who knows? Maybe you got a third team. Maybe the West team is pretty good in, in the Big Ten. You could get as many two or three from the Big Ten. Um, it's going to be interesting um, because it's uh, it, 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 I, look, it's more games, more games, more football for me. Uh, yeah, there's some of the games in the regular season won't be as big or as meaningful. But for someone that watches all the games anyway, it's more football games. And as you said, at the end of the year, they have followed the NFL model. Why you think the NFL's got a triple header on wild card weekend? An extra game, more money, more money, more money, more money. Follow the money. People Uh, watch it. Absolutely. I mean, the the rating shows the NFL that they're doing the right thing. Yep, yep, absolutely right. All right, LSU baseball. Um, Coaching search. Go ahead. So uh, LSU, as you know, uh, they Palmineri is uh, retiring at the end of the season. LSU plays, I think, starts tonight. In uh, Saturday, Saturday at 6 o'clock Central. Okay, so LSU the Saturday, Sunday, Monday series. Uh, LSU's in a Super Regional. They uh, had gone way down the road with Kevin O'Sullivan at Florida. That deal fell apart because of some off-the-field issues for O'Sullivan that made him not palatable That's wild to stuff. LSU. So LSU, as we sit here today, it is my understanding that they're really down to somewhere between one and two candidates. Uh, one of those candidates is Ole Miss's Mike Bianco. Uh, Ole Miss is in a Super Regional starting tonight in Tucson, Arizona, against Arizona. Another potential candidate is Cliff Godwin at East Carolina. Cliff Godwin and East Carolina are in a Super Regional in Nashville this weekend against Vanderbilt. So it is conceivable that LSU could be eliminated this weekend in Knoxville, I suppose. And if that were to happen, they would want to hire a coach first part of next week. It is conceivable that one or both of the candidates that they're looking at could either still be coaching, getting their teams ready for Omaha, or could be finished after losing in a Super Regional. Here's what's interesting, Chris. There's an element at LSU, Skip Bergman, a lot of former players, the people that, quite frankly, made LSU baseball what LSU baseball is. They want Mike Bianco. Mike Bianco's been at Ole Miss for 21 seasons. He's only been to Omaha one time as of now, but he has made Ole Miss a perennial um, contender, I think is the right word. He's made Ole Miss baseball a, a big deal here, certainly. Uh, big crowds. They host regionals. They win regionals. They just got through winning another regional on Monday. They beat Southern Miss. They, they Like I said, they're in a super regional in, in Arizona this weekend. I don't know whether Mike wants the job or not. I have an opinion. I, I, can't, I can't support it yet. With sourcing, so I'm going to leave that opinion to myself. What's interesting here is that if Mike Bianco were to leave, probably the first name on the short list would be Cliff Godwin, who coached here with Mike at Ole Miss for a while. Cliff's been, I think Cliff's been at LSU. He's been, yes, uh, he's been at Vanderbilt with uh, with yes. Tim Corbin. In playing Vanderbilt in the region, starting this morning in about an hour. Okay, so you know he, he's he's got a lot going on. Uh, th- th- this thing could this thing could really get interesting. I'll tell you what I believe here. I think if Ole Miss wins this weekend against Arizona, there's going to be there's going to be real pressure on on Keith Carter, the AD at Ole Miss, to get something done with Mike to get something where the two sides reach an agreement for him to stay. On the flip side, if Mike loses this weekend, if Ole Miss can't get out of Tucson with two wins and they don't make it back to Omaha, I'm not really sure that there's enough sentiment here to get into a bidding war with LSU. I I have a feeling that Ole Miss would shake Mike's hand and say best of luck to you. I could be wrong. but Let me ask you a tough question. If you don't want to answer it, I I fully respect it. It just came to me. You're – you're Ole You you are in charge of making the decision in the administration at Ole Miss. You could have your choice. Your head coach next year, baseball. 
Cliff Godwin, Mike Bianco. It, it, it may be an unfair question. If you don't want to answer it, I completely understand. So my gut answer is I probably, not knowing what happens this weekend, my, my gut answer is I probably would look at this and say Mike's been here a long time. Taking it as far as he can. Let's, Maybe. See, what, let's see what Cliff can do. A hot Maybe. young guy. Hot young guy who's turned East Carolina, which is his alma mater, by the way, into a perennial contender as well. Might be inclined to go that direction. Now, that being said, this is what's interesting, right? And we do this, and I, I do this more than you do because I run a message board with Rivals.com. And the people that are on message boards, God bless them. I love them because they feed my family. But those are the diehards. Does your casual fan get as upset about not making it to Omaha but being a contender, it being fun, big crowds? I mean, you saw some of the big crowds at Ole Miss this year when they opened up the stadium. You know, <coughs> Mike Bianco's made Ole Miss baseball an event. Mike Bianco's made Ole Miss a, a perennial contender in the SEC. They, they never, unlike like Auburn and Alabama, which – Go up and down, up and down, up and down. Mike doesn't go down. They don't have a dis- disaster year. They don't have one of those, Chris. They just don't have them. In been 20 years, and they don't have them. They don't have the awful season. They're always a contender. Now, he hasn't gotten to Omaha but one time. He's lost in Super Regionals. He's had upset losses in Regionals. But they're always in the tournament. So I don't, I don't know, and I don't know that I'm oh, – uh, I don't know that I am connected enough to the fan base to completely know whether your casual fan is as upset about that as your hardcore fan. Well, I, my, my immediate thought is, and I don't know, Mike's older, and you want, I'm thinking long term. It, it, it's, you know, Mike also is more likely to hang it up before Cliff Godwin is because you're dealing with age. Mike's only 52. <laughs> Mike's a young guy. Yeah. Okay. So I thought. Yeah, you know what? He's got to be because I remember him playing. Than I am. Yeah, he could. Uh, well, th- th- so he could be a guy that could be for there for for thirty eight, forty years. I mean, if he wanted to coach, I mean, this health and all that. Sure. Uh, it's interesting. So yeah, so all right, so there's not much age difference between him and say Cliff. Cliff though, got to be. What's Cliff? Under 40? 40 maybe? He's, he's in his early forties, I think. Okay, so we're dealing with ten years, maybe ten years difference. Okay, that's interesting. I thought there was a bigger – see, I thought maybe – I've lost track of time. I thought, gosh, I thought Mike was more more late 50s. Okay, good, interesting thing there. Uh, couple, Just one thing on the LSU situation. Cliff was born in 1978, by the way. Oh, God, I got, I got old golf shirts. This makes me feel old. So from LSU's situation, you nailed it. There's the baseball people. Skip still has a lot of clout. Paul has certain. By the way, Paul loves Cliff, and I think he would love to have Cliff for some. Because Cliff worked with him, didn't Cliff work with him in Notre Dame? Am I got it? Yeah, right. I believe he did. I know he did at LSU. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think there's there's a connection there's a background. They they certainly would like the lineage of the program the way it's been with the people, whereas. Scott Woodard, he's not against that, but he wanted to go and make a hire a big name. Well, you mentioned, like, so Kelly oh, Sullivan is the off-the-field issues. While the board is really balking at anything to do with off-the-field issues because you know what LSU's off-the-field issues have been, the whole Les Miles stuff. The, so anything that's been brought up off the field is just going to get shot down. O'Sullivan's issue. So I'm not saying that Kevin wanted the job, or I'm just saying that that was a no-go to get it through the board. Pat Casey, guy at Oregon State. Now that's a guy that retired a few years ago and is in in the administration, but thinking about maybe wanting to get back in coaching. Well, Scott Woodard knows him from the Northwest days when he was the athletic director at Washington. But there was an issue, if you remember, with one of his players that he led on his team that was accused of sexual assault. It was actually was his niece. And what happened didn't happen. I'm not here to discuss that. But that whole issue is a no-go for the LSU board there. There's been some issues I know with nothing. Doesn't appear like there's anything along those lines. But 
Is there something there with any of these other candidates, Godwin or anyone else? That has to kind of clear the 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 test. So maybe that's where it's taken them to Mike Bianco, because I'm gonna be honest with you, and I don't follow it enough, but what I have heard initially was the LSU fan base was hoping for bigger names, a, just a big-time name. And as much as they, like, like Bianco and being an LSU guy, it was like, well, what has he done at Ole Miss? He hadn't want to – you know, they think that they're – if he hadn't – you know, they think they can go and get Tim Corbin or Dave Van Horn where you can't and or because they're not interested. They, they think that you should be able to get – sometimes you can't, Neil. Sometimes you can't because you can't get them. Sometimes you can't because there are issues that LSU's going through right now that even Scott Woodard can't get put through or the president can't get pushed through the board because the way it looks. And it's already, you got the people that are head of the, whatever you call them, the sexual assault in the state of Louisiana. They're all chiming in on, no, you can't bring this guy, you can't do this or that. So that's part of what's going on at LSU that's, that scared, not scared anybody away, but it's it's basically made it tough that for people that are interested, but if they have any baggage whatsoever, don't need to contact LSU because they're kind of scared off of that. They're 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 having to deal with that is part of the issue for their baseball coach. That I don't know that if any of this stuff had come about would be an issue and probably would have made a different. Uh, Wrong the different decision. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Mike Bianco, LSU, Ole Miss. It ought to work good for Mike. It ought to get a better deal either way. And probably you say that maybe it depends on this series this week in Arizona. Well, maybe he's got a landing spot if Ole Miss is not that interested in keeping him. He may have a landing spot back home. And by the way, his son is going to be in Knoxville. Mike's going to be. In Arizona, in my understanding, Mike's wife is going to be in Knoxville, so we, we know yeah. kind of how that works. <laughs> Cammy will be in Knoxville for the, uh, the LSU stuff. And uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. When we are, we'll, we'll know the outcome of all those series, and we'll be able to tell you about what that looks like for uh, LSU and other things moving forward. Hope everyone out there has a, uh, a wonderful weekend. Enjoy. Uh, we're at the midpoint of June, which is impossible to believe. We'll be back on Tuesday with another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. For Chris Landry, I'm Neil McCready. Until then, take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.